Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides, and you can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Monday, June 13th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability, hitter and pitcher projections, and I analyze weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick. That's new. We'll talk about that here in a second. On every game played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same, as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, pose a few questions to think on, and explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure that you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through the plays, remember there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and links to indicate my confidence level with respect to wagers. As always, please remember, good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake, shifting things up here a little bit, um, I had mentioned before, you know, I didn't want to make multiple picks on each game because it just being complicated to track, and I just, I just finished reading a book, uh, Jake, you and I talked about it with Cousin Jared on our group yeah. chat. I, I highly recommend this book for everybody, especially as better. It's called Think Again by Adam Grant. Um, it, it, just a fascinating book about rethinking our assumptions, not getting stuck in the same thought process. I think it's really important as gamblers because we oftentimes get in this thought process of this pitcher is good, this team is good, whatever. And just making sure we revisit those thought processes Um it's really important. It's one of the, I think, three books now I've read this year that I've already marked as like, I want to go back and read this again and catch what I what I miss. And so when I finished this book, I, I was thinking, I was like, what what do I want to change? What do I want to think again about this process? I don't want to just keep doing the same thing to keep doing it. How can I improve? How can I make it better? And I kind of thought through it. I, I kind of talk about sides and totals on each game. And I thought what I didn't want to do was come up with splitting this units, you know, here and here and doing all the, th the complicated things that we do yeah. as betters, right? But I was like, that doesn't mean I can't just give one side and one total pick. I could do that. I could just add an extra column. And so that's what we're going to do here. I'm going to make one side pick and one total pick. Same scaling, same everything. And as you see in the sheet, what you kind of are seeing is you're kind of just seeing that second layer of what I like. There's still kind of the same number of A, A B, and C picks on the front end. It's just now there's extra things. It just kind of gives, again, more information. Well, my goal here was to just provide information and provide things to think about. Um, again, what you can react to them, think through how you're feeling, what you like, again, before you invest in things. So again, just try to make this as helpful and informative as possible, um, just to give me some more talking points. So um, after all that rambling, Jake, you have anything you want to add? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great place to start because, you know, sometimes you, I know we've talked about it on here. I'm not sure if I want the side or the total. It's a good. It's a good way to say, okay, here's here's both. Like what we're what you're grading out both, or what we're thinking on both, and then letting letting whoever is out there actually betting it decide which one they like the most, or or they can split the units, whatever they think. Exactly, exactly. And and of course, the other impetus on this is I, I mentioned on Saturday, I said how much I really like that over in Kansas City, Baltimore. And then I tweeted how much I like the over in Kansas City, Baltimore. Got the side wrong in both games, got the total right in both games. And it was kind of just a way also to say, rather than just talk about here's also what I like, just kind of say, hey, here it all is. And like I said, you you know, if, if you split them on both of those, then you break even, right? Or if you, you know, that way, at least it's less of a, I'm only kind of going on record with what I'm going on record with both, grading them how I think, scaling them how I think. 
um, and going from there. And if nothing else, I can at least avoid those situations. There'll be more complicated <laughs> situations, assuredly. But there's always something uh, to come up. There's always something. Exactly. Exactly. All right. And before we get to today's slate, some reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and the only way is something you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content this channel provides. Share with a friend if you're others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. We'll get right to it here. 705 Eastern first pitch, Marlins at the Phillies. We're going to start off in Philadelphia in the mid-80s, close in the upper 70s. Winds will be mostly across and under 5 miles an hour. So slight warmth in this one, not a ton, just a little bit. Uh, we've got Sandy Alcantara versus Aaron Nola, two fantastic pitchers. Um, I don't know what there is to say about either one of these guys, except for the fact that I have Nola on a rate basis and his underlying metrics this year actually is a better pitcher than Alcantara. And that might surprise some people just looking at the ERAs because Alcantara with that 161 ERA is fantastic. Um, but underlying metrics, the FIP, XFIP, expected ERA, Nola's got the edge there. And again, he projects on a rate-wise a little bit better. Alcantara is getting a boost in the rating just because of how well he's pitched. Don't want to take anything away from him. It just means that I don't think when you look at this, I don't think there's a huge edge to the Marlins despite those ERAs. And it's kind of with that in mind why the model says Phillies should be a minus 140 favorite. Phillies have a better offense. Bullpens are probably about equal. Um, and again, I project Nola to be slightly better. So I've got the Phillies as a minus 131 A-grade pick on the money line. And then with regards to the total, it's a it's a tougher ask anytime the Phillies bullpen is involved to go under a number like seven and a half. So I'm going to go under first five at four with minus 120, and that's a B-grade pick. I like the full game under. I just kind of wish I was getting eight personally, and so I'm going to go first five. Um, obviously, that Marlins bullpen is really good. The hope here, if you're going full game under, is that both pitchers go deep, and they sure can. Nola's gone deep a lot lately, and Alcantara goes really deep. So if you're going full game, that's probably your hope. That's the question you have to ask yourself, I think, if you're splitting between first five or full game, is how deep can these pitchers go? Lately, they've gone a lot of innings. So I like the under with a B-grade pick. I'm doing it first five, and I like the Phillies minus 131 as an A-grade pick. I think there's a good edge here on the Phillies, and I'd be confident of that as an A-grade in the minus 130s when you get up to the upper 130s into 140s. probably drops to a B-grade confidence as you're losing a little bit of that value. Jake, what do you think? Uh, um, and I'm so nervous on the side, so I'm not picking a side. I'm taking the full game under because – like you said, these two pitchers are, especially here recently, are just nasty and super hard to hit. The Phillies have the better offense. That's without a doubt. But, I mean, in all the reports out there with how the Marlins locker room, whether whether the reports are exactly true or not, is different. <laughs> but typically when there's smoke, there's fire, so something's going on. Um, so I, I, I'm just very nervous on how that affects everything from, like, a side standpoint. So I'm, play, I'm playing the totals. And, Lord, if, if that – uh. Reports are true where Don Mattingly just called a meeting so everybody could say what they hated about Jazz. That, that's kind of funny. To do <laughs> yeah. One of your best players. Yeah. <laughs> it's just comical. Uh, but, hey, whatever. But all contra Nola are just very, very, very good. So I'm going to take the under because I, I don't trust the Marlins offense enough to score enough to push it over. Um, I mean, the Phillies could do it on their own, but I highly doubt that against all contra. So yeah. going under seven and a half. 
Yeah, both really good pitchers. And again, I just want to make sure I indicate it's not that I think Alcantara is bad. It's just his advanced metrics are very good. He projects very good. It's just that Nola projects to be a little bit better. Two really good pitchers. Both guys who uh, I feel like every time I watch them pitch, they have one inning where they kind of struggle, get their pitch cut up a little bit, and you get a little nervous about them. And then they'll go three innings and throw like 24 pitches. And you're like, how did that happen? I mean, these guys absolutely rolling. Um yeah, I think I think under's the way to look. So Jake, you're going full game. I'm going first five. And then again, I like the Phillies. I'm just trusting the model on the value there. Um, like I said, with that Phillies having the better offense. Um, and so that's our that's our take on that one. Seven to five Eastern, first pitch, Braves at the Nationals. A warm one in Washington. We're gonna start off about 90 degrees. We're gonna close around 80 degrees. The wind will be blowing out, but it should stay under five miles an hour, so it probably won't affect things too much there. Ian Anderson versus Josiah Gray, two pitchers that are very similar with regards to age, prospect, pedigree, and results. I mean, both of them in the mid-fours in the ERA. Anderson's advanced metrics are a little bit better than Gray's. He projects a little bit better on the rate stats, but I mean, you're kind of picking nits here, and it's a lot of rounding error. Two pitchers that are both very meh. But young and obviously have brighter futures than maybe what they are right now. Model thinks Braves minus 148. I'll back the Braves at minus 151. Only a C grade lean for me. I think the Braves are the side I want to be on, but I just don't love the odds personally. Totals nine and a half. With the warmth, I really am thinking over. I'm going to go specifically the first five over, and I'm going to give that a B grade. The reason why is that the Braves bullpen is really good. And I think that whenever Anderson's done pitching, the Braves pitchers improve at that point. And so I kind of just want to isolate the first five, hope that one of these, you know, kind of mad pitchers can give up four runs. And then the other team just got to get two. We get something like four or two or so after five. And we can get that first five over five in. I think there will be runs. It's warmer. Um, I just, like I said, that Braves bullpen so good. I just don't want a situation where it's, you know, Braves are up, you know, five to two after five, and then the game finishes, you know, six to two or something like that, where it's one of those, uh, the bullpen's actually pitched a little bit better than the starters did. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to keep on this Braves hot streak here. We're going for 12 in a row. I mean, they've don't let that stat fool you. They've played a lot of the bottom tier leagues with the athletics and pirates <laughs> and now the nationals it's just but you know clean it up doing taking care of business uh, and the offense seems to be heating up swanson has been huge here in the last month and a half he's doubled his average from the first part so i like the over uh, i don't like the full game over it's a little high for me but the first five over is pretty nice but i'm, I'm going to take the braves on the money line here may sprinkle a little bit on the run line um but that just kind of depends on how I've done the rest of the day, rest of the day in the week, if I'm doing that or not. And, it, I, you know, I saw, you know, you're picking the Braves here, and I wanted to make a Jake's a homer comment, but I mean, the Braves have won so many games in a row, I, I can't. I mean, they're, they're on fire. And, and like you said, it, it's, we have to acknowledge that it hasn't been against great teams, but also the Nationals aren't a great team. So it's, yeah. it's not like they're all of a sudden they're playing, you know, if also they're playing the Mets, then hey, it's a different story, right? Maybe, I don't want to say you throw that out, but you kind of just discount it a tiny bit, but the Nationals aren't any better than any of the teams that they've been beating up on, um, especially especially with Gray on the hill. Yeah, and then uh, Ian Anderson, uh, man, uh, I've been waiting for him to take that next step for a yeah. while, and he just can't. And 
I don't know, maybe you can speak to this, but it always seems like a guy when a guy's best pitch is a changeup that it doesn't work well all the time. Like it'll have a year here and there that all like that everybody's fooled by it, but then it's like a couple years in between that everybody's just got his number. And I feel like well, that's kinda happening. And as 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 an Astros fan watching you know, Dallas Keuchel, who had a phenomenal changeup. What I noticed with Keuchel was that for him, the velocity really mattered when he was able, when his arm was fresh and he could get that velocity and the location of that fastball. When he had that down, the fastball actually was the key yeah. to making the changeup really good. And those years where he was, you know, at least able to get it up to, you know, 90, 91 and hit his corners, that changeup was just nasty but the years where his velocity dropped a little bit and his location dropped a little bit just from fatigue from too many innings as good as his changeup was he was able to get hit around like he said it wasn't fooling people and so it's like yeah the the guys with the change of the fastball becomes the key if you can keep that speed differential and if you can locate it um he's a young guy he'll you know he's got yeah, time yeah. to figure it out but I'm like, I'm like you i kind of keep waiting for that and it it's the, like the glimmers of hope are there it just hasn't quite happened yet yeah but keep rooting for him yeah. Orioles at the Blue Jays, 705 Eastern. Kyle Bradish versus Alec Manoa. Manoa, a pitcher, a lot like Alcantara. Very good. Don't get me wrong. I project him to be good. You can see that in my rating for him in the sheet. Advanced metrics, very good. Not as good as that 180 ERA. Um, but I, I, I get it. Most of the times I, I feel like I say that it's just a, a reminder. I think we all kind of know that pitchers very rarely have ERAs like that for the full season. It's just, he's pitched amazing so far um, going forward. I still think he's really good. Maybe not quite that good. Uh, Bradish, not as bad as that 650 ERA, but also not good. Projects to be below average. His advanced metrics, I think his ERA should be around five. Still not good. Just maybe not as bad as that 650 ERA is. The model says Blue Jays minus 256. I mean, this is just an insanely high number that the model is pegging it. And the money line is for the Blue Jays is 279. It's just too steep of a price for me on that money line. Uh, I'll take the run line with the Blue Jays. It's minus 145, only with a C-grade lean. I don't like anything with regards to the sides here. I think the Blue Jays win, but the price is just too risky for weird things happen in baseball. And I don't want to be caught with my pants down on a three to one type play or one to three play, right? Laying almost minus 300 with the blue Jays and weird things happen. Um, it's just too much to lay. Even the run line odds aren't great, but I mean, the blue Jays are by far the better team, huge starting pitcher, pitcher mismatch. So I'll, I'll throw a unit on the run line for the blue Jays, but I don't think the side offers much edge. And I kind of think the same thing with the total. I mean, when you look at the Orioles, you're like, well, they probably aren't going to score off Manoa. You look at the Blue Jays, you're like, they're probably going to score a lot. But the team totals are just really out of whack. They're going in opposite directions, so I don't know what to do with the full game total. Um, I'll take first five under four and a half with a lean and just hold my breath that the Blue Jays don't explode until the bullpen comes in. I think Manoa holds the Orioles down in the first five. They score zero, maybe one. It's just... I don't love this one either. Like I said, I don't really think there's a lot of value in this game. Um, like I said, it's just hard to find a market. The prices are just so extreme. These two teams are so extreme. It's just not a game that I think personally there's a lot to like. Uh, but I'll take the Blue Jays on the run line in the first five under four and a half, but just both leans. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, this there's zero value. There's not even game-watching value. Just catch the right. high border. Um I mean, two teams in completely opposite scenarios. You've got Manoa, who's having an incredible year with the offense backing him up that's just 
top tier, and then you've got the complete opposite end there with the Orioles just struggling, which I feel like we're going to be saying that for the next 50 years. They can't get it right. Eventually it'll come around, right? I think I think the the Orioles, and you never know if it'll happen, right? To me, the Orioles are a team right now where they're, things are maybe turning around with some of their young guys, but it's like 50-50 on if that all comes together, yeah. right? And as, as, as a Nationals fan, I was fortunate enough that with, you know, Correa and Springer and some of those guys, you know, Bregman, some of those guys, it all kind of came together at the right time. But there's been many a team in baseball over the years that's had that kind of, hey, we've got some good prospects that are coming up, and then it's just all kind of fizzled out. Only one of them hits, you're still bad, and then you're like, well, you got to trade that guy because you've got to restock, right? And so you never really know if the Orioles are they act. Like, I know there's some some potential hope, but you just never know if it's going to work out. Uh, there's been a lot of teams in baseball have just haven't been able to quite get it all together there, and the Orioles seem to be that way now. Yeah, and I feel like baseball's got to be the hardest to rebuild a team there. Young pitching is, like, really hard to get up, so it's just totally uh, harder in baseball because pitching is so so much more important than anything, really. And then there's, so there's just zero value in this game for me, so I'm skipping it totally. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. A, a game that probably won't be very entertaining to watch, um, but just no value with regards to the risk that you have to put forth with you just never really know in baseball. The bad teams still win games. The good teams still lose them. Um, so not a lot there in Baltimore, Toronto for both of us. 17 Easter first pitch, White Sox at the Tigers. We'll start off around upper 70s in Detroit, close around the low 70s. A chance of rain, a little bit of rain potentially at the start of the game, picking up throughout. So one to check on later as rain might affect this one. Winds will be blowing in or across from left field, kind of very fine line there between if it'll be in or across, around 10 miles an hour. Lance Lynn making a season debut versus Roni Garcia. Garcia is a pitcher who the model projects to go about four innings. Uh, he's had his underlying metrics are better than his ERA is, but he still projects to be below average, one who's not going to go deep and then turn it over to a Tigers bullpen that isn't very good. So the White Sox should have an edge on that side of the ball, of course. And then Lance Lynn, a pretty good pitcher. You never really know what you're going to get from a guy in his season debut. So that's the um, question mark there, wh what exactly we will see from him. The model says White Sox minus 142. I'll take a lean on the White Sox at minus 141. Not a lot of value in my opinion. If this gets under minus 140 into the minus 130s, I could see that being more of a B-grade pick for me personally. But right now it's priced just a little too high for that second unit, especially with the uncertainty around Lynn. And then with regards to the total, 8.5 for the game. A number that's not one I love in either direction. Um, this Tigers offense is very bad. Of course, you're seeing a lot of the stats around how you know, Aaron Judge has as many home runs as the whole Tigers team or is really close, whatever. I mean, they're just – I was hopeful for the Tigers at the way they finished the last, you know, whatever, 100 games last year. And this year they just have not been good at all and they haven't scored at all. And so it's a, it's a tough total to peg. I'll, to, I'll go Tigers under four and a half. It's minus 142, so only a C-grade pick for me because those odds are awful. If you get better odds under four, I probably like that a little bit better. Again, a little uncertainty with Lynn, and that's the reason why I just can't be that confident. But I don't really trust this Tigers offense to score. So that's the direction I'll look there with regards to a total. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, this is another game I'm passing up. And 
just because you know you never know what I'm going to get out of a first like a debut like this halfway through the season. Um, it's a, I feel like it's either feast or famine. There, there's no mediocre in between first go. It's um, he's either going to shut them down and go a complete game or uh, <laughs> just get blown up and taken out in the second inning. So it's just one of those. I, I just want to see what Lance Lynn does before because the White Sox are the better team from yeah. almost every other standpoint. Uh, yeah. And uh, Lance Lynn's just always one of my favorite guys to watch. He's just fun, uh, and he makes me feel good because he's a bigger guy. I mean, don't have to be a don't have to be pure pure male uh, athletic specimen to be a professional athlete. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, Seven forty five Eastern first pitch. Pirates of the Cardinals. My goodness, I tweeted about this uh, already. I don't know if any of y'all looked at the weather or not. First pitch should be around 100 degrees in St. Louis. Hello, summertime. We're still going to close in the low 90s. Winds blowing out to left center, 10 to 15 miles an hour, gust up into the low 20s. The ball is going to fly out of this park in St. Louis. Pirates offense, not great. But I'm telling you, y'all hear me on this one. The ball is going to fly in this weather. Mitch Keller versus Zach Thompson, but not that Zach Thompson. There are two Zach Thompsons in baseball. There are a lot of – I, I tweeted about There are so many Zachs in baseball. And they're all pitchers. Is there a single Zach hitter that I – I feel like there was maybe one. Like, maybe. they're all pit, they're all yeah. pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> and there's two Zach Thompsons. There's the Zach Thompson for the Pirates and Zach Thompson for the Cardinals. Has pitched one game in the big leagues. He went four innings in relief. Pitched well. Uh, projects not to be that good. I'm not making too much of the four innings. Uh, Mitch Keller for the Pirates. A low five ERA. Not that bad. Um, his advanced metrics think he's more on the mid fours. And that seems to be aligned pretty close with this projection. A very mad pitcher. Slightly below average. You kind of know what you're getting. He's going to go out there and throw, you know, five-ish innings and be okay. Now, the one thing with Keller is that he has pitched better lately. And so that's something to keep an eye on with him. Um, he's starting to, uh, I believe, if I recall, mix his pitches up a little bit differently, um, throw a different pitch or something like that. I remember reading something to keep an eye on. Um, but in general, even Mitch Keller at his best has never been great. Model says Cardinals minus 176 on the money line. The actual price is 178. So a tiny bit of value on the Cardinals. I'm going to go Cardinals first five with a lean at minus 160 just because the odds are better. I have the Cardinals bullpen is better than the Pirates bullpen. So it's not that I think that we're getting better value there with regards to the outcome in the first five. It's just more about the odds are better. I think this is a situation where the Cardinals are the better team. They probably get up early and they probably um, win this game. So I'm just saving myself 20 cents in juice is all I'm doing here by going first five. Only a lean though. Uh, like I said, the way Keller's pitched lately, Cardinals going with a bullpen-ish type game today. You know, you never really know how that's going to go. Um, so only a lean. I think the Cardinals are the better side, but I don't want to be too invested there. But I do want to be highly invested in this over at nine is a gift, a great pick for me. Odds are minus 115. With this weather, the total should be much higher. I think people are not accounting for that as much. The ball is going to fly out of this park all night long. I love this over nine. Jake, what is your take? Yeah, this 
<laughs> I'm a very conservative baseball better because it's not my like forte in sports knowledge. So I, I'm skipping this one just because like I, I've not seen enough of as this Zach Thompson yeah. to, <laughs> to know like if he how good he is because his first game wasn't bad. Look, yeah. look, like, looks really good. So I want to see him do it again because he only went I think four innings. Four, is that right? right? Yeah, so I want to see a little more out of that before I'm trusting uh, the over here. I know with the temperature and everything, everything leans that way. If I if I am to make a play, it'll be the over. Um, it's just one of those. I'm very conservative on this stuff, and so I'm I am watching this game because I want to know what what he does. And like the Pirates' offense isn't great, but they've got some good pieces with uh, Reynolds and uh, Hayes. Those two guys can are doing really well. Um, but they're just not enough in most cases, but they can be enough to push you <laughs> push you into the over here. So I'm going to sit and watch this one. Yeah, the Pirates offense really bad, really struggling this year on the whole. If they can't score in this environment on this pitcher slash bullpen game for the Cardinals, it's just it's not going to happen. Just pack it up and just call it a day. Again, I'm not saying that the Pirates should score 10, uh, but, I mean, if they can't at least get, you know, four runs or so, on a day like today, then it's just, it's not, obviously it's not meant to be. I think we know the Pirates aren't going to make the playoffs, but I mean, this is your, this is your chance Pirates to score some runs, just hit some routine fly balls and it'll be doubles and home runs in that weather. Really, really. Golly. 805 Eastern first pitch Pirates at the Cubs. Nice night in Chicago. We'll be in the mid seventies for most of the game. A slight chance of rain probably shouldn't affect things too much. A wind that's going to blow mostly across around 10 miles an hour. So for the most part, a fairly neutral environment there. You Darvish versus Justin Steele, two pitchers that project fairly similarly. Both pitchers are solid. Steele's ERA is higher because of it was either one or two just really bad starts. But his advanced metrics think he's more of a 3-7 ERA pitcher instead of a 4-7 ERA pitcher. Again, both project to be solid, nothing fantastic. Model loves the Padres again. I mentioned this with yesterday with the Brewers. I'm going down with the Brewers ship. I'm going down with the Padres ship too. The model believes in them. I believe in them too. Um, model says Padres minus 136. I'm taking them minus 122, and I'm giving this an A grade. I think the Padres are just the better team here. I think they go on the road and get it done. And with regards to the total, it's eight and a half. I'll take a lean with the over eight and a half. Just because there's been so many runs in baseball scorings up so much, I just kind of at this point early in the season when it was colder, I kind of just defaulted to unders. At this point of the season, I'm just kind of defaulting to overs. The under has to be kind of the right scenario for me to really like it at this point of the season, especially with how runs are taking off. So I'll lean towards the over, but I really like the Padres there. Minus 122 gets an A grade for me. Still an A grade anywhere in the minus 120s and the minus 130s drops to a B pick. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm all over the Padres here. I think the Cubs just gave up 50 to Aaron Judge. And you mentioned right, the Cubs bullpen, which was like pretty solid for a while. All of a sudden, it's just like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. I mean, I know Aaron Judge is from a different planet, but it's I don't I think Manny Machado might be from the same area. So it's, it's going to be weird. I don't see a way you take the Cubs here unless you're just – Taking a flyer, like we like we said with the Pirates when they played the Dodgers, but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't see that paying off too well, with, especially with the pitching the Cubs are throwing today against Darvish. Is, I think this is a Padres day, and and it's a good point with mentioned there with the with the pitching. 
Darvish is a pitcher that early on in the season I was liking to fade. I thought he was overvalued. Not that Darvish is bad. I just think he's very, very average, maybe a little better than average at this point of his career. And I was liking fading him because he was being priced as if he was much better than that. And it's just like I talked about with Robbie Ray yesterday. Fading him has been pretty profitable because he's a solid pitcher, but he's not, you know, he was being priced like he was a Cy Young Award winner. And now all of a sudden I look at this and I'm like, oh, Darvish isn't being priced like that. Okay, now it's time to back him. And so that's kind of the reason why I built the model here is to help us figure out how these people are being priced and to say how how we view them. So it was easy to fade Darvish early on when thought he was getting too much respect. Now I don't think he's getting enough respect. As much as I like Justin Steele, I just think the Padres at this point, much better offense than the Cubs. And that Cubs bullpen that was once a strength, it seems like, is now very questionable. Price just seems really too short at 122 for the Padres. Yeah, I, I totally agree. 805 Eastern first pitch, Astros at the Rangers. Christian Javier versus Taylor Hearn. Javier has been a pitcher who I've really liked. Has struggled the last couple of times out. His ERA is now caught up with his advanced metrics, both in the all that in the low three. So a pitcher who, um, despite those struggles, still pretty good numbers, projects to be a good pitcher, getting a little bit of a ding because he's still not a guy who's going to be able to go six or seven innings, unfortunately. Taylor Hearn for the Rangers, not as bad as his 540 ERA, but still projects to be pretty bad. I have him about a full standard deviation below league average. So maybe he should be more in the upper fours than the mid fives. But either way you slice it, Hearn is not a good pitcher. Astros obviously have a much better offense and a much better bullpen. The model says Houston should be minus 155. I think that might be a tad short. Maybe not by much, maybe just a little bit. I'll take the Astros on the money line at minus 157. It's a B-grade pick for me once it's only in the minus 150s. Once it gets up into the minus 160s, I just think we've lost all the value on it. So B-pick for me at minus 157. If this number drops for any reason, it gets below minus 150, especially if it's into the low 140s. That's where it starts becoming an A-grade pick. Lots of value there at that number. At the current number of minus 157, though, I'll give it a B. Some value, just not a ton. And then with regard to the total, totals nine. I don't know how many runs the Astros are going to score off of her. When the Astros play the Rangers, it seems like they score somewhere between four runs and 14 runs. And so the total is a little scary for me just because every once in a while, things just get rolling for them. Um, they The Astros came up here to Arlington in a four-game series last year in September, and I think in three of the four games, they put up double-digit runs. And so sometimes – I think Hearn actually pitched in one of those games. Sometimes the Astros offense gets rolling against these subpar pitchers. So the full game total of nine is a stay away for me. I don't know what's going to happen there. Instead, I'll take the Rangers team total under three and a half. It's about even money. Only a lean just because of how Javier has pitched lately. And if the Astros get up big, they're going to throw their weaker relievers. So the Rangers might get a garbage run late. So one I'm not overly confident in, but total-wise, that's the best angle I can find for you is the Rangers team total under three and a half. But I am just a little bit nervous about, you know, like I said, if the Astros score a ton of runs, this game's nine to three in the seventh inning you're going to be holding your breath, hoping that the Rangers have just given up because it'll be the back end of the bullpen for the Astros. And that's not nearly as strong as the top part. Jake, what do you think? 
Yeah, I'm I'm all over the Astros here. I've I've done pretty well this year fading Hearn. It's it's yeah. kind of he's one of my favorites to do that on. Anytime I see him up there, I'm like, ooh, let's see what we can do here on the other side. Um, and the Astros are just an incredible team. The offense is catching up with the pitching staff now, like so they're they're putting it all together. Um, Javier's one of my favorite guys, and I think the last time that we were on here, we talked about him being able to dominate a game, and he just uh, fell apart dead there. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I think he'll. I think he could do it if if he can ever figure out how to keep because he's a high strikeout kind of guy. If I remember correctly, I, I could be confusing him with a different guy, but uh, he throws a lot. He ends up throwing a lot of pitches because of that, and that's why. He, he, so if he can ever get that kind of figured out, I think he would be a very dominant going seven eight. But until he gets that done, he's going to be a little short on the outing. So a good bullpen helps him out. And with Javier, the Astros have. They put Javier in the pen and the rotation and strung him back and forth. So I, when when he's been in the rotation, they have been very cautious with his innings because they, they don't want – he's never gone 200 innings in a year. And yeah. so they don't want him to all of a sudden go deep. So could they stretch him out and have him go six or seven on some of these starts? Absolutely. But they've been very cautious with him just because I think they, they're looking at the big picture. And especially in that division, right? Yeah, there's uh, no reason not to. Yeah, the Angels were supposed to be, you know, I thought the Angels would be average. And then they started off so good, and now they've lost another – their record is about average. This is about where I expect them to be. They're just an average team. They just don't have enough depth. The Mariners were supposed to be a little bit better. They got really lucky last year. This year they're kind of just getting the bad luck of that, right? I don't think they're as bad as this, but they're falling back. The Rangers aren't good. The A's are really bad. So it's like there's no reason – I mean, they're going to win the division. And so, yeah, there's no reason to overwork him and give him, you know – Get, get him hurt or something like that. So they just been really cautious with him. So yeah, he's he's a guy that I keep thinking if they're going to stretch him out a little bit more, but it just hasn't seemed to happen yet. And then every once in a while he'll just struggle and blow up and then be pulled in the fourth inning, and it's like, well, <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> but in general, as still a pitcher, I think is pretty good. Again, the projection on him is good. Advanced metrics still very good. I'm kind of not these last start or two. I'm kind of just saying every pitcher has some bad outings. I think he's still good overall. I'm still trusting the totality of the data and not just the most recent yeah. outing for Javier. Line for Eastern first pitch Reds at the Diamondbacks. Mike Miner versus Merrill Kelly. Miner's pitched twice now. Has not gone good either time. Only eight innings, though. Still projects to be an average pitcher versus Merrill Kelly. Kelly's a guy I really like. He's had great results this year. We talk a lot about him. Advanced metrics, not as good as the ERA, but still good. The model's just really slow on updating his projection. It's probably one of the slowest to react to his results this year that I can think of. Um, again, model thinks Kelly a little bit above average, but just not, just not, model just not a believer for one reason or the other. Model says Diamondbacks minus 121. So I'll take the Reds at plus 145. A lot of value here. I think the model's a little short on Kelly. So the model says Diamondbacks minus 121. I think that's off a little bit. I think it should probably be more about minus 130. Because, again, I just think the model's missing something here with Kelly. Even at minus 130, I think the Reds plus 145 offers a lot of value. Both of these bullpens are trash. Both of these offenses are trash. And so this feels like a game where I have no idea what's going to happen late. But if you give me plus 145, I think there's some value in that pick because who the heck knows what's going to happen. So B-grade pick for me, it's a pure value play. I think it's too much to pass up. 
Total is nine. I have, like I said, the back half of the game, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I really like this first five under at five. I'm giving this a B grade. I think these offenses, like I said, aren't very good. I think both starting pitchers can keep it close. Feels like a two to one game after five, and then it's going to get wild. That's the way I project this game. Only a B grade pick because unders and first five unders have been atrocious of late. We talked about the weather warming up. Maybe Major League Baseball figuring out something with the humidor, how to store the balls a little bit better. Maybe hitters realizing kind of what they have to do when they're hitting. I don't know. There's a lot of potential explanation. Maybe some of the old balls. Again, it doesn't really matter which one's right. What we know for fact is that the runs are coming hard and heavy. First five unders have not been good. So two weeks ago, a week ago, I would have said this first five under at five gets an A grade pick because I don't trust these offenses at all. But with how the unders have looked lately, it's only a B grade pick just because it's hard to be that confident in the unders with what we've seen so far in June. So B grade pick for me on the Reds, just that crazy good plus odds and value of who the heck knows how this game's going to finish out. And then a B grade pick on the first five under. I really like this number at five. I just don't love unders in June at this point, it seems like. Jake, what do you think? This is this is one of the ones I'm keeping my eyes on because right right now the Diamondbacks is the way I want to go. I think they're I think they win. Um, but it's priced too high, and I don't I don't trust the Reds enough, especially with minor pitching. I got it feels like that guy hasn't been good in a decade. Um, he was good. He was good last year. Was he? Uh, yeah, with the with the Rangers, he was good. It was before that. Yeah, he was really he was really shaky, injury really bad, and then he like had a resurgence with the Rangers, and then right. now he's two back. really two really bad starts so far for the Reds. <laughs> two and, and advanced metrics not pretty too. Not that they need a lot of innings, but yeah, it's not just like. He pitched in that Cincinnati ballpark and gave up runs. Like he just looked really bad in both those both those starts. Uh, that's that's Mike Miner we love and know. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm, it's one of the ones that if I if I hit some of the earlier ones, I may sprinkle a little bit on the Reds just as a flyer. You the Diamondbacks, um, you mean? Or, or, no, the Reds. For, oh, the Reds. For, yeah, with the big plus odds because oh, if yeah, I'm doing yeah. well, let's see what happens. Because like you said, Diamondbacks offense can be electric or can just disappear and the same thing with the reds and yep. i feel like the reds away from home aren't are just a completely different team and i don't know exactly why because the ballpark can't mean that much um but so it's one of those that i'm passing on for now i'll tweet it out later if if the first ones go well for me i may tweet out that i'm putting a little bit on the reds but for right now it's nothing and we saw the Reds hang in there and play the Cardinals really well all weekend. And it, it feels like the same sort of game. Obviously, the Cardinals better than the Dimebacks, but the, the same sort of like they can hang in there and who the heck knows what's going to happen. And so it's really it's all about the price, right? I'm with you. I think the Dimebacks, the model thinks the Dimebacks win about 55% of the time. Like I said, I think that's a little bit short. I think maybe it should be more like 56% of the time. The Dimebacks with Kelly, I like Kelly a lot more than I like Minor. It's just, it's all about the price. You know, when you're looking at a price like minus 160 for the Diamondbacks, you're like, that's just way too steep where you don't trust their offense. You don't trust their bullpen. And I don't trust anything with the Reds. I, the Reds, can, I think the Reds are the one team that you look at the first part of the year and then the, the second part up until now where they've been just so different. I'm like, that kind of describes the Reds. Like, I have no idea what I'm going to get from them. They can lose 10 in a row, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. Or they could win 9 out of 10. I'd be like, I guess that's the way we're playing now. Like, I don't know what to make of this team. What's it's all about the price. Like I said, well, plus 145 is just too much value, in my opinion, yeah. to pass yeah. up. That you got a lot of games. If you're getting these big plus odds on coin tossy type games, that's going to work out well in the long run. 
945 Easter first pitch Royals at the Giants. A chilly night in San Francisco. I say that almost every day, and I know you're always shocked. About 60 degrees. Winds blowing out about 10 miles an hour, but again, a park that's built to minimize that. Brady Singer versus Alex Wood. Both of these pitchers, pretty good. Their results this year are about a full run higher than their advanced metrics. The projection for them is somewhere in between. Both of these guys' advanced metrics are very good. You, you know, low threes to mid threes. Both of them project closer in the upper three range, even though the results haven't been as good this year with respect to ERA. Both good pitchers that I like. Model says Giants minus 188, though. The model likes the Giants' edge on offense. The model likes their edge with regards to the bullpen. They're at home. The Royals just are bad, and so it thinks the Giants win this game 65% of the time. I'll take the Giants on the money line at minus 171. It's a B-grade pick for me. It's a B-plus pick for me. I think there's a pretty good amount of value on this, but it always gets scary, and we saw it with the Padres. It kind of got burned a few times. It's tough to differentiate these A and B picks with regards to the fact that when you got these bigger favorites, value is value. And let's take value. You should never be afraid of taking, you should never be afraid of taking underdogs. You should never be afraid of taking favorites. That's my opinion. But we have to be careful with the units on this. Like I said, I got burned a couple times with the Padres here. The model says there's good value here on the Giants, but to give this an A grade pick, that means I'm risking a lot of units. And again, baseball can get wonky. So it's a B pick for me, two units on it, just because I have to risk 3.4 just to win the two. But like I said, B plus, I think there's good mathematical value. It's just risking a lot of units is always a scary thing. With regards to the total, totals eight. The Giants seem to be playing a lot of high scoring games. The Royals do too. Um, and that park has been much more hitter friendly than in recent years. So I'll lean over eight just because there seems to be more runs than not in that park these days. So uh, over eight seems like the way to go in that one, but it's not one I'm overly confident in. Giants with the B pick, though, is my favorite play for this game at minus 171. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm all over the Giants here. Um, they just seem to be a better team, especially offensively. The Royals are just bad. And uh, Sing- Singer, uh, that's your pitch for the Royals, right, Singer? Yep. I'm saying that right. Okay, uh, he he's a good pitcher. And I'll, I wonder when you're – like, it's easier to tell in other sports, like, Especially basketball, um, when when you're when you're the best player on the field or court at the time, and you can start telling forcing things, uh, I feel like he's going to get there because the bullpen's bad, the offense is bad, so he knows he has to be nearly perfect going out there to get the win, and I think that's going to lead to some mistakes. And when you play teams that have got a good offenses like the Giants or Dodgers or anybody like that, when you start trying to force that and be too perfect, that's when you see like a 15 run spot come out of nowhere or something crazy. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that like, I hope the Royals don't eat this guy, <laughs> eat this guy alive, but it's kind of leaning that way. Yeah. And I, and I completely understand that, uh, you know, it's just an adult league, but when I pitch out there as well, I, sometimes I feel the same way when my offense is struggling and it's a tight, low scoring game. Yeah. You just get that extra, like I've got to be perfect and, Sometimes that can be scary and, you know, who knows what he's thinking or what he's feeling, but there's absolutely um, in the back of his mind, he has to be thinking this bullpen's bad. I've got to go seven. Yeah. I've got to go eight. And that's not what he's been able to do. And maybe he will, but yeah, that's, um, it's a little bit scary of a situation. Wood, like I said, I really like wood. I like backing wood every chance I can get. He's, I think he's really undervalued. 
And the fact that his ERA is higher, I think gives us a little bit of extra value there, but uh, I think it's a little bit of a mirage. I think he's a much better pitcher than his ERA would indicate. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Like, like I said, the giants are the play. They're the, they're the better team everywhere. I just, I said, I hope Singer doesn't get, because there's a good chance I think he's going to get stuck in quicksand in one of these games and struggle his way out and just not work out well. Yep. 10 Eastern first pitch twins at the Mariners. Chris Archer versus Chris Flex and Battle of the Chris is here tonight. Two pitchers who I don't think are very good. Archer's ERA is solid, but his advanced metrics think he's more of a five ERA pitcher. Both of these guys project around the fives going forward. I do not like either pitcher whatsoever. Model thinks this is a straight-up coin toss game, so I'm taking the Twins at plus 110 with an A-grade pick. If you can give me plus 110 on a coin toss game, I'm taking that every day of the week. Part of the model's building in a little bit of the fact that the, the Twins have been playing really well and the Mariners haven't. And so in general, when you isolate things, these teams aren't that different. It's just the fact that one team's you know succeeding and the other one isn't. And so the model's not going to completely overreact to that, but it is saying that um, the Mariners' home edge is kind of wiped out by the fact that one team's winning and the other one isn't. And so coin toss game, Twins plus 110, A-grade pick. I think there's a lot of value on that one. With regards to the total, like I said, I do not like either one of these pitchers. I'm going to go first five over four and a half with the B-grade pick. I think when you get to the bullpens, the pitchers get better for both teams. And, and so I just don't want to deal with what's happening at the end. Um, not that the bullpens are great. I just think the weakest spot here – are these two starting pitchers. I think we can get to five runs in the first five. So first five over four and a half, be great pick for me there. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I totally forgot Chris Archer was still pitching, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I thought he was done. Uh, <gasps> I'm still on the Twins because I think the Mariners are that rough. I'm flexing, can't get it figured out. Mm-hmm. They spent a lot of money on Winkler and Winker, and he hasn't – I think he's batting below his weight right now. And I don't think that's getting going to get uh, – too much better the way the way it's going this year. So I, I just don't think the Mariners have enough offense. The Twins at least have the offense to back, back up a bad pitcher. So going against a bad pitcher, I think that throws a big advantage the Twins way. So I'll probably go heavy on this one. This is the one I'm probably most confident in. All right. It's good to know. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it's one of those where it's like I, I like fading Archer – but I think I like fading Flexen more than I like fading Archer. So it's it's one of those where it's two bad pitchers. But yeah, the Twins' offense, the way they've been hitting this last week or so, and they they kind of cross your fingers, maybe seem healthy. And of course, Byron Buxton is just uh, you know talking about guys from another planet. You know, same thing for him. Um, that that full lineups in there like should really do some damage against Flexen. Like I said, his ERA not you know not great, but he. Advanced metrics and projection even worse than that. I think they should have a field day on him personally. All righty, a recap of my A picks. I've got the Phillies at minus 131. I've got over nine minus 115 odds in the Pirates Cardinals. I've got the Padres minus 122. And I've got the Twins plus 110. Those are my four A grade plays. Jake, any party words? Oh, sad my balls died this weekend. So. They My did. Enthusiasm for college baseball is going away quickly. At the best time of the year, right? Oh, yeah. at Omaha, it's always yeah. it's always fun to watch. I feel I feel like you're gonna like hate watch it, you know, or sad yeah. watch it. Right? Exactly. It's like, I'm one of those, like we should be here. But, yeah, especially because there's all these day games, and there's a couple times there's day games when there's only night games for major league baseball, yeah. right? So it's like you might as well turn the TV on and watch it. I feel like you'll just be like, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> this could have been me. It should, should be. Uh, but sorry, right. I'll live. Yeah. 
It happens. It happens. All right. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.